Hi everyone, welcome to the Moringa School podcast. My name is Melissa. Um, my name is Michelle Atieno and we are just recent graduates in social development mm-hmm. and we just thought that this would be a good platform to discuss all things tech and what we can do in order to contribute to this large community in Kenya, in Africa and to the whole world as, you know, as just developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Michelle, uh, when did you get interested in tech? Like, when, what was your first interaction with technology and what um, made you want to join Moringa okay. School to learn how to do coding? Ah, so um, I'm basically a tomboy, mm-hmm. let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been interested in just learning how to create things like games. And, and I basically worked in an entrepreneurial venture. And I guess I used to work around computers a lot mm-hmm. and I just wanted to get deep into it. And a few friends of mine also had gotten funding from a software that built and wow. they traveled outside the country and they got an education out of it also and then when they came back they were better like business people and mm-hmm. that really motivated me and I realized I had a passion definitely when I came to Moringa and I did basic HTML, CSS and I saw what I could do yeah. and that's basically just what motivated me to go and just create these awesome websites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and think you? I think for me, um, I've always had an interest in technology. Yeah. Um, but I used to work with like Squarespace mm-hmm. and Shopify, building yeah. templates, yeah. building websites using templates. Yeah. Um, but I never really understood the logic and the functionality behind um, all these amazing templates. Mm-hmm. So that's what got me interested. Um, I used to do like front end styling, mm-hmm. um, even using WordPress, just playing around, um, trying to you know, understand HTML, CSS. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think around May, I just decided, May of this year, I decided, let me just join Moringa, mm-hmm. see how the first five weeks go. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, 20 weeks later, I, I, I can comfortably say I'm a software developer. And that makes me so happy, um, mm-hmm. just knowing that I've achieved one of my goals for 2018. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So where do you think that... What do you think you'd make the most impact yeah. as a developer? As a developer, yeah. well, I'm very interested in um, data science. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I come from an economics background. That's what I studied at university. Yeah. So just, um, you know, the, the, the nexus between technology, data, and statistics, that gets me very excited. Yeah. Um, I love visualizing um, data, analyzing it. It's just, you know, working with information, yeah. I, I think, is the future, especially if you're a small company, a big company, any type of industry, health, education, um, yeah, even software itself, uh, data is very important. Mm-hmm. So that's where I see myself being of impact and purpose, especially data-driven decision-making for good. Um, yeah, how about you? I could say the same thing. Yeah. I, I basically want to see how... I wanted to see how data can be used to affect maybe a market, mm-hmm. especially when you even go to a basic thing like a supermarket. Mm-hmm. You see those places they use um, maybe a programming language like Python to analyze how they can set up their businesses. And I think just playing around with those numbers can tell you a lot about how you can structure a business. And yeah. I, I think I also have um, a desire to connect customers to let's say employers Mm -hmm. and customers to businesses and stuff like that. So I'd like to make it easier in the business world to make it easier for customers to reach clients, customers to reach the the products that they want or the services that they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, what trends are you seeing taking place um, 
specifically in technology or in Nairobi where mm-hmm. we're based what yeah. do you see is happening or not happening enough and needs to start happening yeah. what is not happening mm-hmm. i can i can start there Whew. i think there needs to be like more conferences where we get to know what's happening in this software development world right. software engineering world because right. i think there's a lot of secrecy in what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. That's just how I feel. But mm-hmm. I think that we need more conferences where developers can come together, showcase what they can do. Mm-hmm. And we also need to, I think, create spaces where we can support each other as software developers. Yeah. 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 Actually, one thing that I really um, have enjoyed about the Moringa School experience mm-hmm. is when I used to code, um, I used to do it in isolation. Yeah. So if you encounter an error, you know, you sort of just... You know, forget about it or not try and solve it at all because you're doing it alone. Mm-hmm. But then coming here, I feel like I've graduated with a team of 40 developers. Yeah. So just knowing that wow. even once you've graduated, you already have a network that you've built. Yeah. I think it helps in terms of, um, I guess, just being more out there. You yeah. know, someone telling you about an event that's coming up or if there's a conference, as you've said, or mm-hmm. a forum, knowing mm-hmm. that, oh, I can go with Michelle yeah. or I can go with someone else yeah. for my... Um, class or the yeah. class before that um, that's what I really love about the, the Moringa school uh, experience yeah. um, and also moving forward I mean I think it's, it's good to push yourself and put yourself out there um, remember we had this experience where we went for an open day uh, for Mandela mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we just <laughs> we didn't even have tickets I remember but yeah. just showing up just showing up you know and then they say that 80% of success mm-hmm. comes from showing up yeah so just being present um, sometimes even when you don't have a ticket yeah just being there maybe that person um you know, decided one person decided not to come, and you can end up taking up their their spot or their seat. Um, I think showing up is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think also even in those job applications where you see like 20, 20 requirements exactly. where you need to apply, and you don't have them all. Just apply. Exactly. Don't even th- just apply. Exactly. Especially for us as entry level. Um, Developers, they don't expect you to know everything. Yeah. So just apply. Yeah. Be confident. Practice those behavioral questions, those technical problems, and then maybe as an entry developer, you can say that okay, when I go into this, I know that I can learn A, B, C, D in mm-hmm. like two weeks, even if you don't have the requirements. But yeah, yeah, just go on and apply for those jobs that you think that you can get. But yeah, don't just stay stagnant. Yeah, and it's something interesting that um, Cheryl Sandberg talks about in her book, mm-hmm. Lean In. Um, the wow, you've already read it. Bits. <laughs> okay. Bits, just bits. Uh-huh. Um, that, you know, when it comes to women, mm-hmm. women usually apply for positions or roles when they feel that they've met 100% of their requirements, yeah. or close to 100%. Yeah. But men, you know, even when they reach or qualify for 60% of what is required, they'll still go ahead and apply. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even as, as a woman in tech, mm-hmm. um, what's what's your experience been like? Do you feel like, or sometimes I have to check all the boxes? Because that happens to me sometimes. Um, especially since we've finished, yeah. uh, we've learned Python and JavaScript, a bit of Angular. But you'll find that a lot of the job requirements, especially at entry level, mm-hmm. require you to know... Um, Java, Go, mm-hmm. Scala, so yeah. all these things that, that take a bit of time to pick up. Yes, you can learn Java, you know, in a few weeks, but being really good at something also takes um, time. Yeah. So what's your experience been like? Um, 
so I'm still at, I haven't gotten a job but yeah. when I go out there applying mm-hmm. um like there's this one event that we went for um there's this um the technical recruiter for Africa is talking mm-hmm. he said that um basically on the interview process you go through like maybe three interviews or something and then there's a technical interview they just want to see like how you think through a problem yeah. how you break it down into small bits and how you arrive at the solution mm-hmm. so they don't expect you to know like so let's say Africa's talking is using um Scala and you you haven't even interacted with it before but when you go through that interview you you maybe when you pass that technical interview now they give you like time to like learn Scala maybe two weeks like this and then maybe you after that process you can get in but you don't have to know the language that the company is using they can through the interview process they can just like scope you out and see how you think through a problem and then maybe you can get through but mm. i think that as an entry developer i'm not even i'm conscious that i don't know everything mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm not going there not knowing anything exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's a really good point mm-hmm. And um speaking of you know companies like Africa's talking mm-hmm. you know in Nairobi in Nairobi's um taxin the mm-hmm. lot of startups of which course. is amazing because yeah. you get to immerse yourself in um i guess all aspects of managing a business mm-hmm. so you don't just come in as an entry level developer yeah. sometimes you're expected to carry out some managerial responsibilities so um do you have any experience in working for startups and um what advice would you give someone who is just entering the 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 job market or because you know you you've also worked before you started mm-hmm. coding yeah so what what was your experience like and is there are there any tips that you'd have maybe um, um yeah. people say things like culture fit yeah. um just try uh, working in a team those things are very important especially as a software developer so even in moringa in moringa we did a few team projects i could say I enjoyed the experience of course but in a real life situation I'm working on a real life project I'd like to see how I do that because I haven't done that yet but mm-hmm. even as I'm applying to these jobs I'm going to a place where I feel like I can I can add value the most and why it also aligns with what I also want to do so I'm just not going for any job that okay they're doing this and me I don't align with I'm going to a place where I feel like okay this is what i also have passion for and i can add value to it and yeah, yeah. i think just going to a place where you th- you know you can add value but also don't even just section yourself out on, just apply for everything but at the same time go to a place where you know your interests align yeah 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 that's a really good point mm-hmm. um i think for me um again just also coming from a non-technical background. Yeah. I love being able to apply both um you know my coding skills, yeah. my software development skills yeah. as well as you know things to do with marketing, mm-hmm. business development, yeah. strategy, the soft skills, basically. yeah, creativity. Yeah. So um I think I would enjoy working for a startup. Mm-hmm. Um again, we're both in the process of applying for different exactly. um, jobs and um eventually we will get the offers mm-hmm. but yeah startups are definitely a place so you can learn a lot, a lot yeah. um and who knows maybe one day you can also start your own business mm-hmm. or find a problem in the market that you feel you can provide a solution um, okay. for 
So yeah, um, yeah. So Michelle, what tools do you use to sharpen your skills? YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one is YouTube. YouTube has all the resources that you need. Any language that you want to learn, I think YouTube is the best. Personally, for me, because I like the visual aspect of it. But let's say for a project, for a language like Django, you have like all the documentation that you need. Basically, all the frameworks that you learn. You can get all the documentation online and um, resources like Udemy, Codecademy, Plural Site. Man, there's so so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say. Um, and for maybe your technical skills, you can use like Code Wars. And there's those this other one that we were told the other day. What's the name? Project Euler. That one. Yeah. Project Euler. That one is a bit hard and advanced, but you can start with like Code Wars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think th- th- those are the tools that you can use to like learn more and sharpen your skill. Definitely. Yeah. And um, you know, speaking about um, sharpening your skills mm-hmm. and constantly practicing. Yeah. Um, do you experience uh, imposter syndrome? You know, sometimes you feel like. Am I really a coder? Am I really, you know, you look at other people's projects or what people have done, what senior developers are doing, and you start to question yourself, or question course. why you're doing it. Of course, all the time, because sometimes you can take on a project and you're like, hey, can I really do this? Yeah. But I think that just, I don't know, basically believing in yourself and just trying to up your confidence by actually tackling the problem. Being a software developer is all about um, solving problems. Exactly. So that is what should just, it, it should actually motivate you that you have a problem, mm. basically. Just mm-hmm. tackle it with all the energy that you have. Don't let a problem take you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, That's the motto as a software developer. You can't let the problem take you down. You yeah. have to take it down. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in terms of solving a problem, what problem do you see that, um, or, or what problems mm-hmm. do we have in Nairobi, in Kenya, yeah. in Africa specifically, or more generally, that you feel that um, we can solve using technology? Using technology. Yeah. Basically, um, as you can see, a lot of government institutions like, let's say, KRA, the Kenya Revenue Authority, they've, they started using like online payment systems for people paying tax. Well, it goes down sometimes, but I think that they've started it. So online payment systems for like salaries, for maybe if you go to a restaurant, you can actually pay for your meal, um, taxis, everything right now is using an online payment system. I think so. I think that online payment systems are a big thing. Education, obviously, tools that help kids learn better. I think maybe I'd, I'd want to get into that also, just to see how we can improve on our education system. Also health. Health every other day. Everyone gets sick every other day, and there's always a new infection that's coming up. So we all need information on health and how we can better our health and bio health system, I can say. And what about you? What do you think? Definitely. Um, I, I think something that's interesting for me is um, the census mm-hmm. that's taking place next year. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to see if there are any open source projects. Data. Or data, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> data collections. So I feel yeah. like, you know, for developers, especially Kenyan developers out there, mm-hmm. um, solutions around um, the census yeah. happening next year, because it happens every 10 years. Yeah. So just trying to uh, get yourself involved or to innovate, uh, you know, creatively in that sort of area would yeah. be interesting. interesting. Um, you know, if anyone's listening and they'd love to um, contribute in any way, 
it's something that I, I feel like we can all yeah. totally get our hands on. And you on. can also tell us like where to get such information and how exactly. we can, you know, contribute to such a project. Yeah. Because, yeah, census is a, it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and also in terms of, um, you know, we're just talking about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I personally experienced when we were studying at Moringa was, you know, you're coding every day from eight to six. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the only sort of break you get yeah. is maybe lunchtime and either before class or after class. So trying to manage your health and your diet, you know, fueling your mind mm-hmm. um, through whatever you're consuming. Um, what, what, how do you sort of manage your health? Not just your mental health, mm-hmm. but your physical health. Because you'll find that we wake up very early, we sleep very late. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to exercise or really control what you take, you know. Yeah. You know, there's like fries <laughs> across the street. Yeah. So are you really going to think about, should I have some green vegetable juice? It's, yeah. it's not, it's not practical every single day Mm -hmm. so how do you or do you um, keep track of your health of course I do because without this body I can't even code so exactly yeah so basically what I do is plan my week very well and I I don't always let's say get through the week having done a hundred percent of the things that I've planned for but I try to just keep a healthy balance of me coming to Moringa, me at that time me coming to Moringa and also me being at home. So I try to do things that I also love outside of code, like cooking, mm-hmm. like tending to my little garden, yeah, and things like those. Um, but I also drink water, drink a lot of water, minding my own business, not getting caught up in um, <laughs> those little arguments that don't even make sense. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, just. And also surrounding yourself with people who are better than you, obviously. Mm-hmm. So because I think that's a better challenge than just sitting around guys who won't make you better. So yeah. yeah. And constantly asking questions, constantly researching, but at the same time keeping in mind that I have to rest. So anytime that I had to sleep, I can always take a nap anywhere. So yeah. Just having a healthy balance of the two, not overdoing it and also not underdoing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think part of, um, you know, just, uh, you know, taking time out yeah. to not code, switching yeah. off your laptop yeah. and just um, immersing yourself in nature yeah. and physical activity is yeah. important. Yeah. Um, one thing that was interesting recently mm-hmm. was um, a Nigerian uh, developer. Uh, he got, his visa got denied. I think he was trying to fly out. Um, for a conference. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of Nigerian developers um, are experiencing, African developers mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so, you know, we want to travel, we want to expose ourselves, yeah. we want to go on trips and, you know, meet mm-hmm. our next business partners, mm-hmm. meet, meet our next um, employers, our next employees, mm-hmm. you know. But travel restrictions, especially for African developers, is, is a, it's a big problem. Yeah. So what's your take on that? What do you think can be done? Who is responsible? Should we plan ahead as African developers? You know, if we know that there's a conference coming up six months ahead of time, is it, is it a part? Who's, you know, who is... How can we solve that problem? I'm yeah. very passionate about conferences because that's where you get to see ideas that are outside of what you're working on. Yeah. And you also get to see how other people think. So I think it's also our 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 responsibility. <laughs> I'm talking like a Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to our Nigerian listeners. <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I can basically say that it's our responsibility to take on what we are doing by ourselves because the problems that are here in Africa are not the same ones that are in the Western world. Our problems are completely different. So our solutions may not be, like let's say for example an, an application like M-Pesa, which mm-hmm. is a money mobile app, it can basically only, the market that has been found to be the best market for an application like M-Pesa has been Kenya. So when it was taken to other countries like in Europe and where they're used to card systems, the application wasn't working. So our problems are basically our problems. So let's not also compare ourselves to other, like the Western world where they're over, they're over, they have basically all the technology, but Mm -hmm. our problems are so basic, our problems are so... African. So let, let me just say that our problems are so African and we need our own solutions for our own problems. So we need to take initiative of our own solutions. Mm-hmm. And um, from statistics, we can say that um, a lot of startups that are, uh, that are in Kenya, even on Twitter it was going around that um, a lot of startups are owned by foreigners. Mm-hmm. And that really offended me because I think there are a lot of startups in Kenya that are also started by our own Kenyans. Mm-hmm. A company like, an agricultural company like Hadi Fresh, where they just supply um, vegetables around the city. And you know, startups like those are, are what inspire me to keep going. So we need our own local startups to inspire us. Even the apps that you have on your phone, you know, they should be our own apps that mm-hmm. cater to our own needs, you know? Yeah. So we need to take control of our conferences, our applications, our own problems, yeah. Mm, Definitely, and I think for me, um, one of the solutions, especially, I think his name was Prosper, Mm -hmm. the developer, so he um, came up with the Concatenate Africa uh, uh, forum. So I think part of, you know, just problem solving is trying to organize forums within Africa, yeah. within Africa, African cities like Lagos, Nairobi, even reaching out to other cities yeah. as well and just trying to um, reach developers where they are, yeah. um, especially because we, you know, we lack access to a lot of things, mobility, um, infrastructure, internet access. So trying to um, localize those events mm-hmm. um, think would allow us to just move one step forward and yeah. eventually you'd see that people would want us to start having more forums in Nairobi, mm-hmm. in Johannesburg and mm-hmm. you know somewhere um, where an African can actually exactly, go Casablanca. Yeah. so yeah let me ask you this like what careers have really surprised you when it comes to software development that you didn't know exist yeah that are there? wow so many you mm-hmm. know I, I used to think that software um development or software engineering is just about developing websites yeah um but I feel like in my time at Moringa, I've learned that you can be a quality assurance engineer. Yeah. You can be an implementation engineer. Mm-hmm. You can do testing. Uh, you can also be a user interface, user experience um, developer. So mm-hmm. that's UI UX. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are many careers. You can be a product manager once you've developed or amassed that um, breadth of experience. Yeah. Um, you can also be a chief technology officer. Mm-hmm. Years, years down the line. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I opportunities are many, mm-hmm. I would say. I would say that if you're looking to transition into a software career, 
um, it's definitely the future. It's the right path, especially if you have the passion. Yeah. Right. So you can start something, but if you're not passionate about it, it's very hard to keep on going when the days are tough. Yeah. And the days, there are many days Ooh. that are tough. You yeah. know, and and like going through errors, trying to debug your code. Mm-hmm. Um, again, what we've spoken about, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. being a woman in tech, the problems are many, but that's the job of a developer. It's to yeah. find solutions. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very um, exciting career. You know, you're never doing the same thing every day. It's yeah. not monotonous. And you're also so not restricted to like um, one industry. You, exactly. can, you can go to health, you can go into exactly. education, wherever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we've just been joined by Victor. Victor is uh, one of our former classmates at Moringa. Um, really good uh, developer. So maybe you can just introduce yourself, Victor. Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, yeah. What got you interested in coding? How you sharpen <laughs> your skills? Yeah. Who is Victor? Uh, what? Uh, who is Victor? Victor. I, if you want me to tell you what got me into coding, it's a very long story. Uh, maybe listeners should come and see me. We have time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, long story short, I was doing Forex. I started coding indicators for Forex. And in the process, I realized that I really loved coding. That's when I started now teaching myself a bit of coding. Then realized it's a very, very hard road if you especially don't have mentors. And yeah. being a very broad field, as uh, I just walked in and had Michelle and Melissa talking about all the various fields that you can go into. If you really don't know what you want to study, mm-hmm. teaching yourself programming is like, yeah, it's like a needle swimming in a pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can't exactly know where to go. So after a few months of trying to teach myself, I decided to find help, and that's how I found myself in Moringa, where I got some sense of direction, and in, within time I also found what I love doing, what I'm passionate about in programming, yeah. Yeah. And um, what do you enjoy the most about programming as opposed to maybe any other field that you try to venture into? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's actually a very interesting question. I think the thing that I enjoy the most in programming is the ability and even the awareness that you can create anything you have in your head. Yeah. Yeah, you dream of an idea, you wake up, you write code, the idea is a reality. Mm-hmm. You, 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 for instance, uh, I'm working on something that I spent the better part of my life after high school doing manually, you know. Mm-hmm. It was this thing that I was doing for a living. I'm currently automating all of it. So in the next in the next one week, maybe when I finish the code, yeah. I'll literally be clicking a button and having all the work that I used to do done automatically for me. Yeah. Now that is just a power that I can't see in any other field, honestly. So I really I am I'm content at coding. It's the best thing I think I've done with my life to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you see? Um, technology being a solution to a lot of African problems. Mm-hmm. We're just speaking about um, using technology in the health sector, um, in education. So in your view, what problems do you think we can solve, um, especially African problems using technology? No, that's a very long list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> African problems are African many. African problems, there are so many. Yeah. And almost, I, I think... Technology, I don't know to this point if there is a problem that technology can't solve. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the ones that require a human touch, of which I believe people are also working on the consciousness aspect of AI. Mm-hmm. So pretty much very, very soon, maybe not in the near soon, but soon enough, also that one will be able to be solved by technology. So I think in Africa, 
the problem that you are facing, be it transport, be it health, be it education. And it, I think it can all be solved with technology. It's a very broad field. It's a very long list of problems. Yeah. And they're all problems that can be solved by technology, in my opinion. There is nothing that technology can solve. Yeah. And you said me. AI. AI is a trend in technology. So what yeah. other trends are you seeing happening in this technology field? In this technology field, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say it's mostly the transference of uh, data for, for the most part. I feel like in the current day and age, there is nothing that is not digitalized. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the digitalization of everything is the biggest trend I, I think I can, I can say. For instance, in, in, in Kenya, in Africa, mm -hmm. you see like uh, hospitals, for instance, they are still using local, you know, a very mundane Lock. ways of storing yeah. Yeah, the papers and nurses running around in files. Yeah. But with time, I feel like it's all moving digital yeah. and everything will be digitalized. So I think I can encompass the biggest technological movement right now as a transparent from analog to digital. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it will encompass everything. AI will rely upon that data to do mm -hmm. things, uh, programming of websites, programming of, not programming of websites, designing websites. Mm -hmm. You know, basically all technology will rely on data being online. So the wow. digitalization of data I feel that's the biggest technological movement that you're having because it will enable all other technology to mm -hmm. come to reality. Yeah, data. Data looks like it's yeah. like a really big field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> data is the new currency. currency. Yeah. Exactly. Data and people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, is there any sort of you know, last remark or parting shot that you'd have to listeners, especially the ones who are just getting into coding or have just started their first job as an entry-level developer, mm -hmm. what um, is there, you know, one thing or two things that you wish you knew before you started um, learning how to code or coding in itself? Okay, I'm going to say one thing about what I wish I knew mm -hmm. before I started learning code. And the other thing I'm going to say, it's an advice to people that are junior developers. Will those be okay with you? Definitely. Okay, so one thing I wish I knew when I was starting to learning how to code is that syntax doesn't really matter. It matters, obviously, but when you're teaching yourself how to code, syntax doesn't matter. What matters is the implementation of code. Yeah. So when you're teaching yourself how to code, don't spend more than a few hours on learning the syntax of mm -hmm. the code. Yeah, if you are studying a language, just look into what is a variable, what is a list, what is this and this. A few, just watch a crash course on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, it will be more than enough. After that, start developing actual projects. Mm. That's how you learn programming very, very fast. You, you learn syntax along the way, mm -hmm. and as well, and the most importantly, you learn how to implement those syntaxes, which is, the, which is really what programming is. It's yeah. the implementation of syntax. Yeah. So I think that will be my greatest advice to people that are learning how to code. And the other one was, um, oh yeah, as a, as a developer, you've already learned how to code, but maybe you don't know exactly what you want. I, I think the biggest advice I can give you is just go with it, yeah? You don't limit your imagination. When you think of an idea, just do a bit of research on how you can implement it, yeah. and believe me, it's implementable. Yeah, so when, if, if that's what you're doing right now, think of that something that you really love. Yeah? yeah. What is it that you love doing on your free time? What is it that you, you work that bores you? Yeah. And try to implement it as code, and eventually you'll find something that you really love doing in programming, which I can almost guarantee will be solving problems. So using <laughs> still, so still that using code, code well. to solve real world problems. Yes. Mm. Wow. So use use your programming skills to yeah. solve real world problems. Yeah. yeah. Or your own problems. Yeah. Yeah. Your advice. Um, yeah. I look forward to um, 
having you as a guest again on the yeah. next episode. I look forward to coming in. Definitely. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, see you guys next time. Thank okay. you for listening. Thank you. Uh, see ya. And I'm Michelle. Uh, so today we're joined by Jerry and Whitney. Um, they are members of the Bit Club Network and they are also university students. Um, and yeah, they're here to talk about, you know, investment, especially amongst millennials, yeah. um, everything crypto, what to do, what to look out for. Um, yeah, Karibu Sana, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so maybe just tell us a bit about yourselves. Ladies first. Yeah, ladies first. <laughs> ladies first. So my name is Whitney. Mm-hmm. I'm a student at Daystar. I'm in my third year studying business administration. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, he told me about crypto in 2016, but I didn't listen to him. Biggest regret ever. <laughs> I joined him one year later. Yeah, let's just say he's one year ahead of the game. Yeah, okay. it's unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, my name is uh, Jerry Bogonko Orina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a student at USAU, third year student, studying international business and I'm in marketing, entrepreneurship. Uh, I've been in cryptocurrency since March 2016, in fact, March 30th, 2016. That's the day we mm-hmm. bought our first share in cryptocurrency, bought our first bitcoins and everything like that. And that's where the journey of learning about blockchain and cryptocurrency started for me. That's cool. Yeah. So for anyone out there who doesn't know what Bitcoin is, so can anyone, any one of you explain to us what Bitcoin is all about, blockchain, or wherever you want to start? Bitcoin daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Bitcoin. I like keeping, I like uh, using layman's language to explain Yeah, it. of course. So, yeah. so, Bitcoin is a currency, just like the dollar, the shilling, the pound. Just a currency, the only difference is that it's digital. Mm-hmm. That's basically all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um, it's something everyone will understand. Everyone gets that definition. Yeah. It's yeah. very easy. It's, it's simple. Yeah. There's, there's ways of breaking it down. You can say cryptography, you can yeah. say nodes, but those ones. Complex. That's where now you've at least uh, you've studied it a bit. But for anyone who's new, it's a currency just like the dollar, the shilling, the pound. Now it's digital. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. And where did it originate from? What exactly is, uh, you know, for those who are listening and may not really understand, what exactly is cryptocurrency? Uh, what makes it different from, yes, it's similar to you know, the dollar, the pound, but what makes it so different? And why are people so interested in investing in Bitcoin or mining Bitcoin? What is it about cryptocurrency that's so interesting right now? Uh, okay, cryptocurrency. Yeah, I had a feeling. (laughs) So basically, um, the biggest difference between crypto and paper money, fiat currency, Mm -hmm. is basically the biggest factor is the limitation in supply. There can only be 21 million bitcoins. So the fact that it's limited in supply increases demand and therefore increases price. Mm -hmm. That's why you look at the value today, and one bitcoin is trading at 300 and 80,000 Kenyan shillings. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you compare that to the average 
paper money, like the Kenya shilling right now is trading against the dollar at a hundred bob or less. So definitely, guys are more intrigued to know what this is because it, it has a larger store of value compared to other commodities and assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for anyone out there who doesn't know where this comes from, where does it come from? The word Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> where does it come from? You see, like paper money, you can say it's generated in a bank. Uh-huh. So where does Bitcoin come from? Uh, okay, the creators of Bitcoin, first of all, let's make this clear. Yeah. The creators of Bitcoin made came up with a name, the pseudonym, called Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah. They did not expose themselves out like that because, first of all, they would suffer heavy consequences. If someone was challenged governments in form of, let's say, currency or competition, something would go the way. For example, we all know the story of uh, Gaddafi. He wanted to start a revolution about the African currency and oh, everything. Yeah, what happened yeah, to him? Yeah. You see? Dead. Yeah. So they did not come up with the... They did not bring out the name completely. Although yeah. there are many guys who are tra- claiming to be Satoshi. Mm-hmm. A guy called Craig Wright is claiming to be Satoshi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They actually found a Japanese guy actually called Satoshi Nakamoto, but he looked too old to actually be the innovator of cryptocurrency. But you never know. It might be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's the one who came up with this. But right now what guy says is that it's irrelevant now because there's no control over the technology. It's mm-hmm. already out there. No one can touch it. No one can. So it's irrelevant right now to know who the person is. And... Uh, where do bitcoins come from? That's what you asked me. Eh? Mm-hmm. So have you heard about uh, the blockchain technology? Of course. Yes, yes. So the blockchain technology is basically the store of bitcoins. Mm-hmm. You see the Bitcoin Central Bank. You see where Central Bank uh, releases cash to people. They, you know, they're in charge of all those things. So mm-hmm. the blockchain is now where bitcoins come from. That's mm-hmm. where the 21 million bitcoins were being released every day for miners now mm-hmm. to grab it. Uh, blockchain, uh, cryptocurrency... So are there, are there only 21 million Bitcoin? Only yes. 21 million, and it will never go beyond that amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So mining is not the process of... Let's use the example of Delarue. Mm-hmm. Delarue prints money, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's now the blockchain. Blockchain is also what releases the Bitcoins mm-hmm. to the world. So mm, in a way, people who are miners are the people who like run the Delarue of the cryptocurrency world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of investing in Bitcoin, um, mm-hmm. a lot of research says that one of the safest ways is to mine Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people trade Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, you know, they buy it, sell it, but like one of the safest ways is to mine Bitcoin. So could you, you know, just give us a brief overview of what exactly mining Bitcoin actually is, mm-hmm. uh, what that entails, how does one get involved, you know, what are the risks, um, we've seen a lot of um, scams taking place, you know, if you're interested in investing in Bitcoin, how do you know what's real and what's not, is there any way to verify um, who's a true, I guess, seller of a pool, maybe you can just walk, walk us through that. Alright, once again, layman's language, yeah. I cannot go into the codes and the things like that, mm-hmm. that's you learn in the future. As you go along. As you go along, because even... If you, maybe if you haven't stepped in cryptocurrency, what we say is that you'll never understand it if you haven't yeah. stepped in. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, a good example is, uh, I think uh, the presenter said this when you guys came, mm-hmm. a good example is M-Pesa. Mm-hmm. When M-Pesa was launched, people who didn't have M-Pesa didn't know how it worked. Where's money going? How, how is it happening? So you can't, you can't mm-hmm. know unless you test it out. Mm-hmm. So they tested out M-Pesa, then now they finally understood the process, how it works, and everything that happens. So with cryptocurrency, if you aren't involved yet, I think the best way to talk is layman's language. So in terms of mining bitcoins, I think uh, you before you are yeah, actually yeah. Yes. So let me before um, we dive into mining, 
like you said, there are so many ways people can um, be a part of crypto and plug into crypto. Mm-hmm. But the actual way of really investing, despite okay, in spite of it being the most safest way, is mining. When you look at other things like trading and Hodling. Hodling is basically buying and holding the coin for a long period. Mm-hmm. Speculating. Yeah. yeah. It's crypto language. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Then there's being a Bitcoin merchant where you accept Bitcoin as a method of payment. Mm-hmm. So for these three, what you're doing is basically using the currency. Because if you're accepting, let's say, Java, or there's so many, actually, there's so many outlets that accept crypto, like Starbucks. So Starbucks accepts crypto. That's not really investing. Do you get that's like more it's, transactional. Yeah, it's more of exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the word. Thank you. <laughs> it's more of the transactional part of it. Yeah. But when it comes to mining, you're getting the bitcoins from the source. Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. it's more of residual income when it comes to mining because you forget about you okay, you don't really forget about it, but it goes beyond the transaction bit of it. Mm-hmm. So I like to use the analogy of um <laughs> it's a short story. Um, there's a farmer who has a cow and he's, he, the cow produces milk. So he supplies the milk at wholesale price, yeah? Then there's the retailer, like the guys with the kiosks, Nakumat and whatnot, mm-hmm. and then there's the average person who's going to buy the milk. So the farmer who owns the cow is the miner in this case. Yeah. And the retailer are the guys who trade, hodl, and do what are merchants then the regular person is the person who's waiting to now just use the currency so when you look at that analogy you see that the person who will gain the most is the miner because you have the cow you're milking it even after you sell it the cow is still producing milk Mm -hmm. yeah so that's the simplest way of talking about the the avenues of investing in crypto. Mm-hmm. So now, Jerry can now dive into mining in detail. So you've said, uh, before Jerry mm-hmm. goes on, so you've said um, ways of acquiring Bitcoin, uh, mm-hmm. data mining, sorry, data mining, <laughs> Bitcoin mining, uh-huh. um, trading, trading, hodling, hodling, and accepting Bitcoin as a method of payment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, so mining. Let's make it very, very, very simple. Mm-hmm. You like making things simple. You know, yeah, you know, it is. Boy, guys have to understand it. You yeah. Know? yeah. If you go Google what mining is, trust me, you'll be so lost. Yeah. You'll, you'll be so confused. Yeah. You'll be there in nodes, code, hash rate, hash power, pedal hash. Yeah, I know. Those things like, you would wow. understand. Yeah. So, to make it simple, mining is basically the verifying of transactions on the network. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, Whitney here sends a Melissa something, mm-hmm. something small in Bitcoin. Someone has to verify that transaction. You get because Bitcoin is a peer to peer network, mm-hmm. there's no third party, for example, yeah. uh, Safaricom. Mpesa goes to Safaricom and then they verify, they verify, goes to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. So now it's a peer to peer network, so there's no whole company that verifies it. And blockchain is a comp- completely distributed network. I know I sound very complicated right now, but no. I'm okay, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is mainly for technical IT people. people. Oh, yeah, exactly. oh. Exactly. Ah, so have told me. do not yeah, be no wonder. not to be so simple. Uh, okay. uh, so it is a peer-to-peer network. So you, there is no third party to verify the transactions. 
So who verifies these transactions to make sure that it's a legit transaction that has happened? Like, for example, Whitney has actually sent a Bitcoin to Melissa. Mm-hmm. The miner does that by verifying transactions on the blockchain. It's an automated pro- uh, process mm-hmm. from the machine you buy, the computer device you buy, to verify the transactions. Okay. Uh, so that process is basically mining. And that's basically what there is to mining. But now, mining is not as simple as people think it is. Mm-hmm. Why? Because many, many, many people are getting involved in the space of mining. Uh, the other day, Bit, it's called BitHub Africa. Uh, they talked about mining in... Uh, they want to set up a mining farm in uh, Morocco. Mm-hmm. There's uh, countries like... Some countries in South America actually want to build big mining farms for themselves. I think it was Paraguay, I'm not sure, but I saw that today morning. So guys are really heavily getting into mining. And that's why we say mining is for investors. Many guys who actually want Mm. to invest in the technology, Mm. the cryptocurrency and everything are getting involved with mining. People like Bill Gates, people like Richard Branson, people like Dangote, who has his own mining pool, they're Mm. all investing in mining. Mm -hmm. So we should actually question why mining and not the other methods of uh, getting involved. Because you have the cow milking. Yeah. You've gotten (laughs) that. Yeah, yeah. I read somewhere that one of the conditions of a mining farm is that you know you have to have cheap power. You have, mm-hmm. It has to be in a cool place. Yeah. Exactly. So in my mind, I'm thinking, why Morocco or why um, a specific country? Is it because electricity is cheaper there? Is it because um, you know it's 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 cheaper to cool the mining machines? Because previously, when you were mining, you could actually mine from your computer. Mm-hmm. That was like back in way before 2014, yeah. with your own personal computer. Now it's, it's, it's gotten a bit more complex. Yeah. Um, it's a bit more difficult, so now they're mining machines. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can explain what exactly does a mining... A miner, it's called a miner, a right? Miner. What, what, what exactly does it do? What does it... Yeah. To, in order to, like... To, like... Process, to yeah. function. Process and function. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you're right. And why can't Kenya actually have mining farms? Are, exactly. we, are we there yet? We're actually there, almost, because me and Whitney went for a small meeting in Strathmore. They said, don't actually start Ethereum mining. Oh, yeah, Ethereum using the solar solar, solar solar power. power, So if you see from most of these companies you're trying to mine, they're trying to use natural resources to mine, because it's much cheaper. Cheaper, Most companies mine from Iceland, Mm. because Iceland is geothermal energy, plus it's very cool to cool other machines, because the machine need a cool place to run, Mm -hmm. then they need... uh, they need a, also a nice environment for it to run as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, our comp- but also the costs are very heavy. That's why it's also mining is not as easy. For you to profitably mine, you have to have a lot of money. Exactly. You should have tens of millions of dollars for you to actually start a mining farm. Not to maintain, that's just starting. Maintaining, you need more millions of dollars to continue maintaining. Currently, I think our company pays about almost a million dollars a month in terms of uh, electricity costs. Mm-hmm. And that's with Iceland, with the geothermal energy. Now imagine yeah. a normal place with mm-hmm. uh, electricity. Kenyans, it's also in Kenya. I don't think Kenya has reached there yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they'll reach there, but uh, let's leave that to the future. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And actually, something else I read was the uh, depreciation cost of mm-hmm. the machines themselves. Oh, yes. So if you invest in a mining machine, mm-hmm. three years from now, you'll need a new machine. Yes, so what's yes, that yes. process like? Um, how, how exactly? Well, machines, uh, mining, let's go to a bit, let's get a bit more technical now. Yeah. Mining, as uh, mining continues, the difficulty also increases mm-hmm. in terms of the process of mining because as more guys are entering the network, the demand is increasing. Mm-hmm. 
So of course something which is very valuable would be easier to get as more guys are going for it. Mm-hmm. So now that basically increases the difficulty in mining and makes the previous machines more obsolete and they need to be updated for them to verify the transactions faster and the process to continue. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why actually it takes about three years, maybe five, for one to get obsolete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then but usually one thousand days then. Yeah. yeah. So you, you talked about data mining and you didn't even tell us about what BitClub Network does. So maybe you can tell us what BitClub Network does and how it's involved in Bitcoin mining. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about how mining you require a lot of money to invest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not the average person can actually start mining in your in your own house unless maybe yeah. you can use that to make money in other areas. There's someone who mines, an African miner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he makes some coins from but mining. But does yes. he mine Bitcoin or Ethereum? I don't know what he mines, but you know, there's so many ways of getting involved in cryptocurrency. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I went to another conference. I met someone who actually, this is the educational aspect. You can just go teach guys about cryptocurrencies and the companies pay you, you know. Yeah. So maybe he set up a mining farm in his place to show guys this is how Bitcoins are mined. And then uh, you're giving some extra coins for that, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. you can make money like that as well. But also he mined some things, yes, but profitably mining mm-hmm. is very rare. You need to have lots and lots of resources. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, BitClub Network does is that it opened it gets, its gates for the public mm-hmm. to mine. For example, first of all, uh, let me try using a practical example here. Uh, let's say, for example, Whitney here can afford to buy... 50. 50, yeah? yeah. No, no, not one machine. <laughs> no. 50, send it. Let's say 50 machines. Yeah, manifest. Uh, manifest. 50 machines. Uh, someone like now, Dangote. Mm-hmm. Will you buy 50 machines? One machine costs about 200,000 Kenya shillings. So automatically making Whitney a very rich person yeah. in terms of our country's uh, conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Dangote, yeah. you think he'll buy only 50 machines with the amount of money he has? Buy for an thousands. investment, buy thousands, hundreds of thousands of machines, tens. starts his own farm. Mm-hmm. So Whitney with her 50 machines, me with my one machine, mm-hmm. can really compete with uh, Dangote in no. terms of mining. Mm-hmm. No, we can't. So what happened is BitClub Network opened its gates now for the public to begin now mining. And how is this? how will this work? Uh, it allows people now like Whitney to come in with 50 machines. I can come in with 10. Okay. Melissa can come in with, you know, 100. She looks yeah. like she can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michelle can come in with 200. You know, all of us, yeah, it's a crowdfunded mining yeah. pool. Okay. So now we have the muscle and the power to compete with in mining now. with uh, Bill Gates and those other people. Yeah. And the Chinese guy who produces the machines. But now the only difference is that we get the coins from source, then we distribute amongst the members mm-hmm. who, and then equally, depending on the amount of shares and machines they bought in the company. Okay. That's how BitClub Network operates. Yeah. So I think it's one of two or three public mining pools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, slash uh, pool, BitClub, and I don't know which other one. So now there are many other public mining pools, but guys prefer the BitClub Network because, first of all, the company takes care of the costs for you, the company takes care of the mining mm. for you. There are other public mining pools which they'll help you maybe with their server. Yeah. But that's it. They ship the machine to you. You, do you, you cater for the cost in yeah. your house. You cater for everything. But with BitClub, they take care of all the costs. All you have to do is just plug in your machine. And uh, three years, it will mine for you. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. So is BitClub Network available in Kenya? Uh, where else is it available at? In Africa, mm-hmm. let's say, if anyone is listening out there. Uh, South Africa, Ghana. Mm-hmm. BitClub Network is actually... Uh, it's, 
global. It's, it's quite global. It's quite global. global. Mm-hmm. We just yeah. do not operate on in the states yeah. and in Philippines because of uh, I'm actually not sure why, but mining pool which tends to operate in those places mm-hmm. tend to shut down somehow. I don't know because of the states. I don't know what policies, uh, policies and what they have, yeah. regulations, and no states always want to be ahead of the game, you yeah. know. So, companies, big companies like last year, a company called Genesis Mining Pool, one of the biggest in the world. Yeah. They shut down. They shut down. Yeah. So guys were like, wow. They, mm. Then I think they reopened sometime this year, oh, but yeah, it's because yeah, of, it's cause of uh, I don't know what those countries have. So BitClub was trying to stay safe by not operating in those other countries. Yeah. But apart from those ones, we're everywhere in the world. People yeah. are in, in, Af- in Africa specifically. Uh, the biggest markets in Africa are Kenya, South, South Africa, Africa, and Nigeria. Yeah. Currently, Egypt, I've seen an Egypt team which is growing, and we've moved, they've actually moved to Pakistan. There is, they're growing around the world heavily. Mm-hmm. I think in Africa, we have about 20,000 members in Africa, 15,000, wow. 20,000 members in Africa. Okay, that's mm-hmm. a large number. Mm-hmm. But around the world, you should see how the world is moving with this. Africa, we are still Ooh, running very slow. We are we, very slow. In our company, we are almost about 800,000 members. Yeah, and in, only, the and only yeah. in the whole world. And only 15,000 to 20,000 in, in Africa. Africa. Wow. So now tell me. Also, oh, like, uh, are you saying that in Africa we are not yet there when it comes to um, Bitcoin mining or getting engaged in cryptocurrencies? Can you say that we are behind? And maybe what can we do in order to get into into such? I don't think we're behind. Mm-hmm. I think there's just not enough knowledge that has been spread yeah. on about that. Because okay. the people who know about crypto, there mm-hmm. are, okay, there are types of people who... There's a person who who's just had yeah. Bitcoin from somewhere, from the TV, from series. Because yeah. series these days are always talking about crypto. Mm. Then there's a person who actually knows, knows, like has facts like us. Then there's also that person who would base his judgment on hearsay. Yeah. You get like me, I was told this, this and this, this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. me, Z, you know, yeah. there's that type of person. Yeah. So I think with Africa and particularly Kenya. People, it's not that we're behind, it's just it's that people don't have the knowledge. Yeah, they don't have the knowledge. Yeah. And the big, okay, I don't know, the big fish, they know about it, they have their bitcoins, like with them. You know, Kenya has been ranked the third in Africa, yeah. the, with the largest number of bitcoin holders, and like 23rd in, in the, the world. world. Oh, so, guys have know. their bitcoins, they're just chilling, like, but I have, you get. So that's why I believe the rich keep getting richer. Mm. You get, mm. they took hold of the opportunity, read with it. While you're still asking, does this work? Does right. it? They'll even <laughs> ask you. They'll be there with you saying, and yeah, even me. Wow. You know, but so their pockets, yeah. they have them. Yeah. I actually realized that, I, just, I talked to a politician once, and he was telling me, I have 440 bitcoins. I'm like, oh. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. My birthday is coming. I know, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so you said that you took like one year before you joined Bitcoin yeah. Network and you started transacting. So, yeah. what in that one year? What do you think is the reason that made you not get involved? I was naive. I was young and naive. We were fresh from high school, mm-hmm. and we met at driving school. So he was like, "Yo, this is thing." I can only be 21 million. At that time, it was like, how much? 20, First of all, 30. I was not very good in my presentation. Yeah. I, I just went for yes, a session. Yes, you better. I, I, I was very hyped. So I went to her. I just, uh, just talked things. So I was like, 21 million. The prices, it'll go up. So I'm like, okay, fine. 
So we go, I'm supposed to go for the presentation, but we reach the building, then there's a riot. UN students are rioting. I was like, me, I'm not about to die because of this thing. Yeah. So I go back home and I forgot about that story completely. So at that period, he invested. So one year down the line, I just keep seeing him posting the value of Bitcoin. It just kept going up. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. Just now tell me. I'm, I'm willing to listen. Mm-hmm. I even forgot about her, but I didn't even know her number. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I looked like for it, 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 hey, it's it's it. I don't know how long it took. One year? Yeah. I'm like, hey, it's still around. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, that's fine. But all I'd say is, the biggest, my biggest regret is not joining him the time at the time that he did like because at that moment in 2016 mining difficulty was still a bit low it was still a bit low mm-hmm. it was still a bit low mm-hmm. so he acquired like a lot more yeah you get <laughs> but i'm glad i joined this this technology yeah. so yeah. i adopt jerry um so what made you join what made me join mm. well it was a session, actually I'm one of the rare cases. Huh? People tend, especially the youth, they tend to hear about Bitcoin and blockchain, then go talk to their parents. And maybe they talk to their parents, but the parents know that like, these guys are very young, or maybe they don't know business as much as we do, or just I don't know what uh, goes through their heads as much. But uh, they tend not to listen to them carefully, maybe until they're brought to our center to understand what it is. So it's really a difficulty. So mine was the other way around. I think my dad heard about it first. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came and informed me one day in the house. I think it was even two or three months after he, he bought his shares. Three months later. So he already mined for three months. In those days, the waiting period was about 10 days. So he already mined enough Bitcoin. I don't know how he, I don't know why he thought of telling me about it. But I think maybe he had, uh, this, is, this is my theory. I still didn't get it from him. You know, back then, in 2009, 2010, Kids used to play computer games and you're getting rewarded in bitcoins. Mm. That was what mining was back then. Yeah. That was very fine. You know, you play a fighting game, you beat this guy, you're given maybe 1,000 bitcoins. Yeah. Wow. It was a lot of bitcoins. Maybe it, I used to play a lot of games when I was young. So mm-hmm. maybe it was, uh, maybe he was like, this guy, maybe he actually stole some bitcoins somewhere. <laughs> let, me, let me ask him. Oh, yeah. Cash cow. Yeah, cash cash cow. cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's my theory, though. It's my theory. So he's like, all right, uh, have you heard about bitcoins? Then I was like, nah. I, just, I think maybe it was just like, okay, go, go to this place in town, just hear about it and let me know. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we went with him, actually. We went with him to the place. We used to do it in the Arab Safari Club. I had the presentation about Bitcoin. To be honest, I didn't understand it as much. In fact, I was also still very young like her, so it was not like so, yeah. ringing in my head. Although I had a passion for business, the Bitcoin thing wasn't entering my head as much. Yeah. So what happened is we uh, yeah, were asked as a family, should we invest in this? I gave my opinion, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Then afterwards, I think it was two months down the line or one month down the line, I started seeing things, I was like, wow, this is actually a good thing. So I went to the bank also, I had some savings up I had from uh, when I was a child. I used to save when I was a kid, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Took it, invested more. So it's about uh, 150,000 we invested, mm-hmm. me alone, single, me alone. So that was when now we started actually so now when I actually went to the presentation, I was like, this is a good thing. I called almost most of my contacts, ta, 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 ta. Now, you know, that time you're very young, so me talking about some amounts, they were like, and that time one Bitcoin is how much? $400. Yeah, 40 I know. 40,000. Yeah. 40, yeah. So that time I was like, you guys, 40,000. Like, hey, bro, me, man. I, I know. Like, wow. All right. So I talked to all my contacts, and that's where I began now, the BitClub Network. That's where my journey started, basically. Called the uh, people, first, first guys I called, we went to the presentations. 
Yeah. Okay. Mm. Wow. So where was I? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now now we now we are now you're here. Now you know. Now you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, so at least yeah. What benefits does maybe Beat Club Network offer you as a member? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many benefits actually and I feel like you this podcast came at the right time because our company has launched so many new things. Yeah. Uh first of all, the main not I can't even say the main Beat Club Network is not a mining pool. It is a cryptocurrency distribution channel. Bitcoin mining was the first product of the BitClub network. That's the first product they had to offer to any, to any cryptocurrency enthusiasts and uh, people who want investment opportunities and to do something legit within the cryptocurrency space. So now we've built a community of over around 800,000 members. So now that makes it, uh, usually whenever a new project happens within the blockchain or within cryptocurrency space, they'll come to us because we're already a ready market. So mining was our first product, which is still there, by the way. Mining is still going on, going on, going on until 2140. Yeah. I'll explain that, by the way. There's a question mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting for you to ask. I hope you ask me. I'm waiting for that question okay. about mining specifically. Yeah. So yeah, we mine. Then again, we, uh, the dealership now is where the distribution channel happens. Like now we have so many things we help cryptocurrency enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. They can come get from us. Uh, for example, uh, now you can make a business from selling mining equipment to people. The company will pay commissions for that. Or we also have another product called the BC Club. should be launched now, but it's now launched for the higher ranks in our company. But it's coming down by, I think, first quarter of next year, we should be, most of us should be having it. BC Club is something that allows... BitClub Network members to, they, you know, they get paid in crypto, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. So now that will allow them to be able to book flights with cryptocurrency, you could shop with cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. you could basically, uh, you know, book, book a hotel room with cryptocurrency, okay. all those things. That now will actually help guys understand about cryptocurrency, make it simpler for guys to use it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, there is the CoinPay, which is something new also. Mm-hmm. Uh, we there are shares too going around. We sell those shares to people who come in and found the pools, the 382,000 package. That one now is another thing which will actually, so I think it's going to be our biggest project. It's going to be the most profitable project of BitClub Network. It is a merchant platform for where guys can accept cryptocurrency. So it's not, it's something which no one can refuse, first of all. There are many merchant platforms out there. There's BitPay, there is so many other merchant platforms. But why CoinPay will revolutionize the other merchant platforms is because, first of all, mm, let's see Melissa here has a, let's say a restaurant, eh? Me here, Jerry, I have cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and that's what I use to like survive mm-hmm. and things, eh? If I want to purchase something from Melissa, normally I'd have to go convert my cryptocurrency into mm-hmm. cash yeah. mm-hmm. and go buy from her. Yeah. But now with CoinPay, I don't have to do that. I can go to Melissa, mm-hmm. I can pay with my cryptocurrency, then from the system which was set up in a restaurant, can automatically convert that into whatever currency she wants. Yeah. So I can pay with my Bitcoin and she can get her US dollar or she can get her Kenya shillings yeah. or she can get Ethereum. You can mm-hmm. convert to any cryptocurrency and any Kenya shilling. Okay. Which business will refuse that? Yeah. Will okay. any less extra customers at yeah. literally no extra cost for them? Yeah, That's cool. Then, uh, yeah, now pulling BitClub Network, being a distribution channel, get the chance also to set up those, to set up those in other companies and... Uh, also benefit from the shares they get after buying their mining shares, especially in the founder pool. You get free shares in that company. So whenever the value of uh, 
coin pay goes up, mm-hmm. you can sell your shares, mm-hmm. then you can go with your money. So it's, shares are given out for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, coin pay will also also increase the value of the club coin. I think we should explain that one. Mm-hmm. There's a coin which our company <laughs> which our company has also. Yeah, it's called the club coin. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> it's called the club <laughs> coin. There's nothing to be explained. Like right. the club has a coin. No, it's just another cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's just another cryptocurrency. But there are over 2,000 cryptocurrencies right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so actually, it's a cryptocurrency that's been built by BitClub Network. Yes. Yes. So there are over 2,000 cryptocurrencies. So what, have you put it on the market? Does it's it have there. a value? You can actually check. Check www.worldcoinindex.com. You can check that. We'll put that in the link in the podcast. Yeah. That's actually why you should tell these guys you can check legit coins there. And not, it doesn't mean that all coins which are there are legit. Mm-hmm. They can be legit, yes, they can be cryptocurrencies, but they don't actually work, you know. There's some coins which go there and then they get delisted because they're not actually working. Mm-hmm. So they need to have futures and a market for it and everything. So CoinPay will create a, a, a market for club coin in mm-hmm. that. When you pay for something with club coin, they'll give you discounts for right. it. So now that will make guys want to actually use the club coin to pay for things rather than other cryptocurrencies, which will increase the market for yes yeah. and what about um, M-Pesa or converting yeah. your Bitcoin mm-hmm. to a sort of Kenyan currency um, what, what, what steps do you think we should take for okay so we've just been joined by Leo uh, Leo introduce yourself who are you, who is Leo okay um, my name is Leo Igane um, well, introducing yourself, you're supposed to say an interesting thing about yourself and then you go to the boring stuff. So an interesting thing about <laughs> me is that I am a Tanzanian, I live in Kenya, and I was born in France. So, and so what I do, I'm a technical mentor here at Moringa School. I'm also a software engineer by profession. Yeah, I love tech and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. glad to be a part of this. Okay, okay. Yes. From the beginning, <laughs> been there from the start. All okay. Right. So uh, yeah, we were just talking about converting Bitcoin into um, Kenyan currency. So how do you do that? What's the process like? Um, can I can I buy my my on the streets with Bitcoin? How how would how do, yeah yeah? Um, first of all, there has to be like a specific merchant accepting the Bitcoin. Let's start from there. Then. Like there's um, a restaurant in Nyeri called Betty's Place, yeah? Mm-hmm. She accepts Bitcoin. So you pay, you buy Nyamachoma in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go to Nakumat to pay in Bitcoin, that's impossible. You have to sell your Bitcoins. So let's say the same way that <clears throat> in a supermarket, if I want to use my debit card, there's a machine. Mm-hmm. The PDQ. That, yeah. uh-huh. So do I need a Bitcoin, like a machine that that accepts Bitcoin or now that's where CoinPay comes in. Okay. You remember we talked about CoinPay. Mm-hmm. That's where CoinPay comes in. Okay. Because now if you want to pay in Bitcoin but the recipient does not accept it. Yeah. You just pay then he accepts what he wants, the currency that you want. Mm-hmm. We get. But as of now in Kenya the biggest the most important way of changing, like converting it to Kenya shilling is just selling. Only can do is sell your bitcoins via so many platforms, like local Bitcoin, Remitano. There's Bitpesa, the exchange in Mirage Plaza. Mm-hmm. 
there's bell freaks mm-hmm. yeah so the yeah, biggest thing you can do yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> You, everything in the link. Yeah. yeah, it's selling a Bitcoin. That's mm-hmm. the only way you can like get mm-hmm. back there's the currency. Also, there's also a Bitcoin ATM. Yes. Um, yeah? Yeah. I think the first Bitcoin ATM in Kenya. Or is it in Africa? East. Mm-hmm. East and Central Africa. So where can we find that? If You know, can you actually put in money and then convert that money into Bitcoin? Can you withdraw money? What exactly does that ATM offer? The ATM basically offers you the service of buying the Bitcoin but not mm-hmm. selling it. Because according to the laws, yeah, regulations, uh, you can pick it up. <laughs> from you know, there is no law on cryptocurrency at all. So you cannot bring a machine giving out illegal tender of Kenya out of nowhere. You know, yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you can actually just go there and buy the Bitcoin. But when laws come out, which is, guys are working on it right now. Yeah. Uh, you had Bitangen Demo and uh, the blockchain task force are working on making Kenya adopt cryptocurrency and blockchain. Right. So when that happens, that much, that ATM can actually be programmed to withdraw no. cash as well. Yeah. Okay. So uh, picking on that, uh, you've said the ATM you can use to buy Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. What other ways can somebody buy Bitcoin? Okay. Uh, there's so many ways to buy Bitcoin. You can go to the ATM. It's located at uh, Kenya Towers, Towers, third floor. It's the cryptocurrency center of Kenya. Mm-hmm. You can go there with your cash and buy the ATM. Free of charge, go buy your ATM. Go buy the Bitcoin, Bitcoin from the ATM. <laughs> uh, then, you can also buy from a physical forex bureau. For example, there's BitPesa in uh, Mirage yeah, Plaza, Mirage, Mirage Towers in Westlands, Wayakiwe. BitPesa, I also think there's an office there for Belfrix. You can go there with the uh, cash cash and buy. But that one is cash, muscle cash. You know, you have to have, I think, a minimum of 4 million or 3 million. You buy Bitcoins worth that much. Uh, the other way, also, you can use M-Pesa with the bank through now websites like localbitcoins.com, realmitano.com. Uh, that's not the, the ones which are the easiest to use and the safest ones, but there are mo- many others like uh, Coinmama, Bitrex, so many places you can do so it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buy your first Bitcoins. How do you verify what's legit and what's not? Because I, I wouldn't want to buy what I think is Bitcoin, and mm. then I find out that I've been scammed. Or, okay. Yeah. It's very difficult to be scammed in terms because there's only one Bitcoin. There is no... Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't get a fake Bitcoin. Yeah. It's, right. only, it's only Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. There, is, there, is, there, is no, yeah. there is no Kenyan Bitcoin, Chinese Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So, I really don't know. If the money... I think maybe it's check the wallet you're using okay, and if the, the, the money they're sending can actually go to yeah, your wallet, you yeah. know, maybe that one. Such because factors. if money can go to your wallet, it's, it's legit, definitely. And websites, like the website that you're buying the coin from, like you mm. also have to look at the security factors. You remember my yeah. issue with Bitrex? Mm, yes. Like you have to check do, what, what more do they need from you for you to transact? You get, do they need your ID? Do they need what? Like because of security purposes. Like they don't want to encourage, you know, most people say Bitcoin is used in the dark web, mm-hmm. but that's really, it's, it's a myth. Because yeah. if you look at paper money, there's also corruption going on with paper money. Mm-hmm. People steal gold all the time. Actually, diamonds. I would say it's a myth. I hear over, five, I think 5% of Bitcoins are used in the dark in, web. Uh, not the dark, it's silk, that one, that place silk called road. Silk Road, yeah, that's mm-hmm. 5% of Bitcoins. But still, that doesn't stop. Paper money is used for terrorism, yeah. paper money is used for the drugs as well. All those so, things are used. It's something very normal. In fact, right now, Bitcoin will actually help in solving those problems. Yeah. There's a video Bitangen Demo talked about 
Bitcoin will encourage more traceability, mm-hmm. more uh, such stuff, mm-hmm. which will help in terms of corruption and all those things. Mm-hmm. So in in the past, maybe it sounded very it was very new, so guys didn't know that yeah. this thing can actually. But now guys understand the technology, so with that, it'll actually improve the. So you're saying the anonymity behind Bitcoin has been removed, and in saying so, it, does that then not remove the law of Bitcoin? Because one of the reasons people gravitate towards Bitcoin is because the, the central government cannot really regulate, regulate it. You, are, you have a place where you know freedom and anarchists kind of like. Mm. The, the thing is, Bitcoin came as a as a disruptor yes, 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 from yes. the centralized system. It's actually decentralized. Yes, like yes, yes, yes. There was a, a strong anonymity that came with that. Are you saying that uh, it no longer exists and that now we'll be able to be traced even more easier than paper money? I, I agree with what you're saying, actually, mm-hmm. and I think I'll say yes. Why? Bitcoin, the anonymity is reducing, yes, but there is still no centralized entity that will be able to control or to like do anything. Mm-hmm. What happens is that blockchain, the technology, it's a distributed network, mm-hmm. meaning that every single person can actually see anything bad happening there or mm-hmm. it's completely distributed. So it's not that one government can trace you, yeah. everyone can trace yeah. each other. Anyone so now can. that one yeah. makes it very secure. No one can perform corruption or yes, do anything like yeah. uh, For example, someone maybe even selling land, mm-hmm. uh, you cannot you cannot put like double title deeds yeah. there because yes. everyone has a copy of everything happening yeah. on the blockchain. Yes. So if something small happens there, someone tries to put corruption, it's only that one copy which will be wrong and off from every other copy yeah. on the yeah. server, you see? So you that will actually in turn stop that. And, and uh, yeah, understanding the, the whole dynamic of blockchain, mm-hmm. yeah. but um, rather than that, mm-hmm. I'm not saying the forgery yeah. or the corrupt nature of trade, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is mm-hmm. the anonymity that Bitcoin, because it's encrypted, you yeah. don't know whose Bitcoin it is. Yeah, yeah. You know that oh. X amount of Bitcoin has have been moved from, from here yes, yes, to yes, an identified yes. wallet, yes. but it's encrypted. So you're not supposed to know whose wallet it is. Yeah. You're not supposed to know who has how many Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Others, no one given access to the network can can know who yeah. has what. Yes. What I'm asking is, mm-hmm. are you saying that right now that is no longer there where governments can actually know Leo has yes. three million mm. worth of Bitcoin? Oh, or, you, or is it that that can never be? Three million. Of course, of course. With the 50 machines, we have three million Bitcoin. Of course. Currently, I'd say, okay, I understand what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Bitcoin, the anonymity is still there. No, you you can know the address. This address received this amount of Bitcoin. This address received this amount of Bitcoin. So yes, the anonymity is there. I think I confused with the blockchain. Like, yeah. Now putting deeds in the blockchain, yeah. that one can yeah. be shocked. But yeah. the cryptocurrency, anonymity is still there. Yeah. yeah. That one is still there. Mm-hmm. I was confusing a bit, but yeah. yeah. And what about the... I mean, obviously, there's so many variables that affect the fluctuation of Bitcoin. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to start mining or start trading or investing mm. in Bitcoin, when is the right time? Um, I know we just had this conversation, but when do you 
you know, should you buy low, sell high? Where, is there ever a right time? How do you know? Because two years, three years can pass by and you keep looking back and thinking, I should have just done it. In Bitcoin. Yeah. So okay. is there a right time, you know? The right time to do it is immediately. Right. You can never tell what happens to market. Yeah. You cannot tell. Mm-hmm. Last night, I lost something, just about $30 worth of Bitcoin while I was buying something for someone. Mm-hmm. You cannot tell. Then immediately afterwards, the value raised. So I would have actually gained instead of losing. <laughs> so you see, it always happens to me for some reason. I don't know why me. But it always, <laughs> it, it always happens to me. It's when, so true. It always happens to me. I don't know why. Yeah. When I decide to do something in terms of purchasing maybe a mining machine or something, mm-hmm. I purchase the value of Bitcoin. Just when I'm doing that, I'm like, no. Yeah. Anyway. So Bad luck. that, that mm-hmm. happens. Like, it happens so, a lot. So it's a patience game. It's like, a patience game. It's a lot about just... It's a precious game. And why actually I'd recommend uh, mm-hmm. it's actually a very good thing for the youth to invest in because yeah. it actually makes them more smarter yeah, in terms of I'm using money. Them. Because uh, something which can pay you, even let's say you start a business, a young guy you know, starts earning half a million every month. Mm-hmm. You know what most young guys will do? They would flex, you know, yeah, they would buy cars, buy cars they're buying luxury. Take women out for a date, you know, so many yeah. things like that. But now with cryptocurrency, that factor of it, you know in the future it will yeah. raise in value. So that will limit the amount of you spending. So you know like young people actually are smarter when they invest in cryptocurrency. Yeah. I've seen it with my own eyes. I know people who actually... I invest. have seen it in Jerry, let me say. <laughs> I have seen it has changed. <laughs> <laughs> it has transformed. Yes, so actually I have seen that because... Uh, you know, you can use it. Yeah. A, a, a time ago, I purchased. Yeah, snitch <laughs> yourself. No, 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 no. I yeah, what did I used, I used some money, about 10,000 shillings, yeah. to purchase something. Eh? Yeah. So now, uh, uh, something. today, <laughs> today, right now, that will almost be worth around 150,000. So imagine if I held that 10,000 and it buy what I was buying. So you see. Something like that now will actually help guys keep. Like since that time, I've been like, oh. you know, even you lose thirty dollars of crypto today, that could be yeah. actually what two hundred dollars another day. Mm-hmm. So that actually, it helps with it, the, the youth investing. Yeah. You know, they will understand the values of money and why assets and all those things. You'll understand it through yeah. investing in cryptocurrency. It improves your financial yes. education. And now with the, you're talking about the what is the right time? You can never know. Today you can decide to buy a Bitcoin today, the price goes down. You never know. You can decide to buy Bitcoin today, the price goes up. You never know. That's why you see the first three ways of buying, holding, that is very risky. Maybe something like mining, you don't need the value to determine when you're going to mine or, because either way you've invested in mining, you're going to get Bitcoins every day. Mm. You see, so whatever amount Bitcoin is, even if one Bitcoin is at one million shillings, about ten thousand dollars, you will get some bitcoins every day, some fraction, zero point zero zero something. Mm-hmm. If bitcoins are three thousand dollars, you will still get some zero zero something which you did not have at yeah. all. So either way, the risk factor in mining is eliminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, speaking of which, uh, mm-hmm. when you when you when you look at uh, investing in bitcoin, mm-hmm. which is better? To invest in Bitcoin or to slowly switch to it as a currency. Because if you are to look at, for example, the Kenya shillings, it fluctuates with the dollar. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it as an investment, you kind of, it limits you. 
But if you look at it as just a currency which you get into mm -hmm. and you use, which has all these other benefits, like the Kenyan shilling, mm -hmm. fluctuates many times, but you don't take notice of it. You don't, yeah, you don't take notice. feel that, ah, oh, this dollar is now this, I've lost this amount of money. You, you don't really feel it. Can you look at Bitcoin the same? Like it's a currency and I'm um, starting to now use it as a currency and as a currency, in some cases it will mm -hmm. drop and in some cases it will rise. Mm -hmm. But overall, if I have my savings rather mm -hmm. than having, you know, in a Chamai Kenya shillings, I have it in Bitcoin. Overall, generally, if my face, this is the currency, primary currency I'm using, I will be, once I get my money, is it with a salary or whatever, mm -hmm. I put it in Bitcoin, and then I will have, uh, I leave maybe my rent, my monthly food, everything else goes in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And then everything else goes in Bitcoin. Over time, it will rise more so than if you had money in a chama, in the bank or in, a, in a, or any other form of saving. Mm -hmm. How is that in terms of looking at Bitcoin? Uh, okay. What you just talked about, all of it was just basically investing. I didn't hear you talk about using it as a currency. You talked yeah. about maybe your chama, saving it, then using it as a currency. Mm -hmm. So the key word is then, the future. Yeah. That's for later on. So right now, guys are leveraging on the investing because yeah. it's a store of wealth, a store yeah. of value. So you're leveraging on the where it will be in the future. Yeah. But it still doesn't matter. It depends on you, your yeah. preferences. If you want to invest in Bitcoin, maybe put some money in savings in Bitcoin or whatever, you will do that, the value will increase, and you'll have more to spend later. You've made your money. But either way, you can decide, let me wait for when the shift happens. No, just keep using the kind of shillings. Then when guys are using Bitcoin, okay, switch let me just switch and continue life. You know, yeah. like nothing, nothing happened. happened. Like nothing happened. Yeah. But if you want to invest, you're going to leverage on the technology and everything, and you'll make money from it. I actually believe all this, when it comes to investment, everything is dependent on your game plan. Like when you talk of trading and hodling and whatnot, most of those means are for short term. Like if you have a short term vision, then you'll do that. Mm -hmm. But if you have a long term vision, you go into mining. Because like you talked about earlier, mining is not something that you're constantly cautious about the price. You're like, oh my God, it's gone down, shit. Mm -hmm. No, because um, every day you still get your Bitcoins regardless of the mm -hmm. price fluctuations. Mm -hmm. So it's all about your game plan. Like what is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to achieve in this time frame, you know, because like I told them earlier, Bitcoin has, it's come, it's, it's provided an avenue for young people to, to make money. I don't want to say make money fast, but it's given us a chance, you know, like look at us right now, we are 20, he just turned 20. My goodness. And we are talking Imagine. about millions yeah. at, so by the time we are 30, we have gained a lot of experience in the financial world and business-wise. So it's not really just about the money and the profits that we're making yeah. you know, in this game, but how we are developing ourselves in the long run. Okay. To add on to that, actually, yeah. what I've seen over time is cryptocurrency can be whatever you want it to be yeah. for yourself. Yeah. You can decide, oh, let us just be something we'll continue using in the future. Mm -hmm. You can decide it could be my business. I can yeah. make serious money from it. You can decide I can make short-term money from it. I can mm -hmm. make, I can educate people. You can decide whatever you want to do with it. You know, it is what you it's want. What it you to want be. to do. What you want yeah. it to be for you. If you want to make you make yourself a millionaire, you can. You can. If you want to That's use it to true. empower people, you can. Mm -hmm. To help people change their lives, you can. So, 
It's all dependent and, on and you. The first time Bitcoin came, mm-hmm. the talk was that it's finite. Yes, there yes, will yes. be a time when the yes. last Bitcoin twenty-one forty. Yeah, twenty-one forty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Jetson. So basically, yeah, there's really not much that we can say about mm-hmm. it. It's just that everything that has a beginning has an end. Mm-hmm. Mining began in the early 2009 and will end in 2140. So basically what happens is when he told you about blockchain, how it releases crypto bitcoins into circulation uh, after verification. So what happens is the miner does verification of transactions on blockchain. Mm-hmm. So the miner that verifies transaction the fastest mm-hmm. is awarded Bitcoin every 10 minutes. Yeah. So, um in the beginning the first four years there were 50 bitcoins being released every 10 minutes. The second um the second phase 25 when the third phase where it's 12.5. And the third phase ends in 2020, yeah, yes. 2020. So after 2020 it'll be now 6.25 bitcoins every 10 minutes. So it keeps halving till 2140. And as it keeps halving, the demand increases. Mm-hmm. You get because it reach a point where um there are about like 0.00 something bitcoins being released every 10 minutes and at that point that's like in 10 10 i don't know 10 15 years yeah so there'll be a lot of awareness on crypto so people will know what this bitcoin is and they will want this bitcoin mm. you understand so at that point when the fractions are so low and the the supply is so low every 10 minutes it's when i will see the value that keep it keep rising yeah mm. and actually at that time guys will be like oh, you know right now it's 12.5 so now someone like with me you used to collect 12.5 bitcoin yeah, every 10 minutes yeah it will be minutes. like what in 10 years from now that time it will be i think uh, maybe 1. Point something yeah. bitcoins every 10 minutes so now guys will be like hey, 12, like me started with 25 bitcoins every yeah. 10 minutes so guys are like 25 bitcoins every 10 minutes that's why even that time you, you could accumulate more bitcoins, more bitcoins yeah. now 12.5 is still a good number from 2020 that time now mine also be Difficulty. So many yeah. things also will Machines might part. be Do you think that the machines will be more expensive or cheaper? More expensive. More expensive. Yeah. Yeah. More expensive. Yeah. So, yeah. so the cost of electricity will not go down. Yeah. Because yeah. that's something yeah. I was reading on about the mining farms mm-hmm. that as time goes by things become more efficient because mm-hmm. of technology. Mm-hmm. So will the cost of mining reduce or go up? I have no idea. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. even the the machines I think they'll be cheaper. The general rule of technology is mm-hmm. things get cheaper. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Even yeah. if you look at for example it just a phones we have mm-hmm. a desk what we could buy but then a 100,000 shilling phone in the 90s yeah. was mm-hmm. couldn't do a tenth of what this does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a tenth of what a 10,000 shilling or 5,000 shilling phone does today. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be they will be the high end always they will always yes, be yes, the cutting yes, edge yes, yes, but yes, yes. I think costs go down yeah. but cost might go down yeah. but uh, but you never know mm-hmm. with crypto you never know you never know plus even if cost go down by that time even might yeah it will be you get so it will be a game of if you the haves and the have nots yes. if you plugged in early yes. good for you if not i'm sorry like <laughs> yeah. talking about one of the pools in uh bitcoin mining mm-hmm. and you need i think a minimum investment of a million dollars just to get involved just in the to pool get involved in them. Yes, so what yes, you saying yes. about the haves and the have not the divide mm-hmm. it's very real right now it's so real yeah. and it's why so real. let me mention something about those pools mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know why I see you asked about uh, what BitClub Network does. Maybe I'll touch on the future. Mm-hmm. Guys are saying BitClub Network. And media, everyone is just like looking at this pool very heavily because they're saying this pool will actually might. You see that pie chart where it shows on the blockchain, but that's how you can verify companies which are actually mining mm-hmm. blockchain.info. Slash pools. Slash pools. Mm-hmm. That's where now you can check where companies are actually legitimately mining. There may be other guys who are mining, but the guys on the blockchain are the significant miners in the world. So guys are saying BitClub Network might take over mining because uh, you cannot beat the public, you see. People like uh, Bill Gates, Branson, Dangote, they have muscle, like money, muscles. So now they can actually plug in lots of money right now and make themselves look big mm-hmm. in that pie chart because mm-hmm. they have the money. Mm-hmm. But with BitClub Network, People are interested in mining. People learn about it every day. So more money just keeps on entering the company and buying more equipment, mm. and that will never stop compared to the other. You know, so even if your network is uh, $20 billion, mm-hmm. you can't keep on putting billions of dollars. It, at some point, you will run broke, even if you are worth $100 billion. Mm-hmm. BitClub is just getting money from the people in terms to increase the mining power and the mining efficiency and everything. Mm-hmm. So that just makes it... Grow and grow and grow yeah, and grow yes, and grow. Yeah. It can continuously just grow and grow and grow and grow. Yeah. You see, mm-hmm. that's another thing. So we foresee maybe in the future, in three five years, we might be taking over mining very soon. So last year, at a time like this, the mm-hmm. price of Bitcoin. Lucky you guys who had Bitcoin, it was about like twenty k, twenty mm-hmm. US dollars, twenty thousand, twenty thousand US dollars, yeah. and then. First quarter of 2018, the price Went started down. dropping. Mm-hmm. Then right now, we're at, I think, $3,500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So someone like me who's skeptical about buying, who wants to get involved in Bitcoin, but I'm still skeptical about getting into it because economists are saying that this is just like, Bitcoin is a financial bubble. It's experiencing now when the last stages of now, the panic stage mm-hmm. where, because last year was the profitable stage. People were buying people were selling and then they were getting like large, large amounts. So what would you tell me who and, uh, wants to get involved like in crypto, to, but I'm still skeptical about it. I'd like to say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a colleague of mine posting on Facebook yeah. the other day. She said this statement, which actually made me laugh. <laughs> since <laughs> the drop... <laughs> I know. <laughs> since, since the drop of Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin investors have been separated, separated from yeah. Bitcoin gamblers. You get Bitcoin that? gamblers. Bitcoin gamblers. Because yeah. right now Bitcoin is at 3,500 yeah. US dollars. Yeah. The value has gone down, right? Yeah. What's happening in the world right now? <coughs> New York Stock Exchange uh, talking about adding Bitcoin. Uh, Paragon talking about mining Bitcoin. Companies setting up blockchain yeah. everywhere. Right now, why is that happening and Bitcoin value is low? You see? Because people are buying or what? People are basically investing the technology. They know what it can do okay. later on. The price does not matter with what happens. And w- the price actually depends on the transactions, the demand which happens in the market, you see. Mm-hmm. So now all these setups and everything will, of course, create demand for the market with, within due time. So now they're just working on setting up systems for Bitcoin. Bitang and Nemo, three to five years, Kenya will have blockchain Bitcoin systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even talked about maybe setting even a Kenyan currency for and cryptocurrency, like Zimbabwe, for example. Zimbabwe is now having their own cryptocurrency because yeah. of the economy. Yeah. So such things now. When all those things begin at getting adopted, the value of Bitcoin will share will definitely yes. go back. Also, to add on to, to, to what you're saying, mm-hmm. my theory is this. It's not that Bitcoin is a bubble, cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. as uh, It's like the dot-com bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
everybody went and started investing in gamblers, started yeah. gambling in tech haphazardly. Yeah. But Oracle, Microsoft, yeah. they, 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 they continued growing. Yeah. The other players who are just coming in as imitators yeah. busted. So cryptocurrency, yes. And as because people are divesting from Bitcoin and putting it to the fad of cryptocurrency and everybody's having their own cryptocurrency and everybody yeah. that made it as a bubble. But Bitcoin, mm-hmm. I believe yeah. Bitcoin will survive this and bounce back. It just like yeah. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. What I we met the CEO of uh, Bitab Africa in Kenyal Towers. The mirrors, a place called the mirrors, for a dinner there with uh, guys who just blockchain enthusiasts yeah. and so many people. He said Bitcoin, out of all the cryptocurrencies, yeah. it will take 80% mm-hmm. of the whole store value. 80% will be Bitcoin. Yeah. The other 20% will not be other cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And you see, also, not most of them uh, survive. It's very yeah. rare. Yes. It's very rare. Like, I can tell you maybe right now which one I have confidence in is Bitcoin, Ethereum. Those yeah, two Ethereum, are the ones yeah, which yeah. are actually. Those ones are staying for sure, those ones, because the other cryptocurrencies are derived from Ethereum and yes. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. And Copies that's, that's what I well, because they have their own blockchain yes. technologies. Like that, that and other are trying to, to, to give back on their technology. Exactly. Yeah, to try to learn it. But those two, the reasons they will survive is because of that. Yeah. It's because of that. They have their own, and you see. They are the ones over there. Yes. And yeah. do you know how old the founder of Ethereum is? Is he 17, 18? Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. the Russian guy. Yeah, the Russian guy. Yeah. Yeah. I sent Whitney a picture, she was very shocked. Yeah. I was like, who's this? Yeah, like, who's <laughs> this? <laughs> Looks yeah. like a guy you can even see walking out. I inside. know, <laughs> I just working casually. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you see. Yeah. So, you're saying that um, someone, someone who's skeptic about Bitcoin not being there and it, the price is actually crashing. Look at what these people are doing around. Just don't, don't look at the price. Price yeah. is yeah. Bitcoin is People not People are actually moving towards it. We can't ignore it. Yeah, it can't be ignored. And also challenge the notion that yeah. the price is crashing. Yeah. Bitcoin, you know, <laughs> way back when. It's emotional. Way back when. It's like, oh my God, I'm telling you this. No, that's what economists are saying. It sense. Yeah. It's... At three thousand, yeah, and people are like, ah, it's crashed. Yeah, yeah. I know. Crash. Yeah, I know. No, that's what economists say. Let me tell you by experience. <laughs> like, let me tell you by experience. Over three hundred thousand percent growth. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking thousands. for the economists. I've, yeah. I've been here. One Bitcoin was four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. All right. I yeah. think going to 500, 600, mm-hmm. 700, 800. Like what do guys say? Mm-hmm. Ah, expensive. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it comes back down to 300. Yeah. It's busted. They're like, ah, it's busted. Yeah. Yeah. It goes to 2,000. Yeah. They're like, it's expensive. It comes to 1,000, it's crashed. Yeah. It's going to, you see, yeah. so it's, 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 some, it's, it's very normal. It's all about perspective. Anyone who, uh, let's say, is in my team in cryptocurrency, you know, with me, we have a WhatsApp group. I, it's a cycle. Every it's time cycle. I see this, because now when this guy started, my first uh, batch of people, <laughs> my first team members who started mining with me, that time Bitcoin was going, I think, to 8,000. Eh? Then it came down to 5,000. Yeah. They were crying. Oh, yeah. we lost like, our what's money. Happening? Oh, what's Actually, happening? Yeah, you know, we always ask Jerry, yeah. what's happening? The price? Our money is gone. Eh? What's happening? Our money is gone. <laughs> Wait, when this guy, now these same guys, when Bitcoin was rallying up to 20,000, they are still feeling like I should have bought more. I know. I should have had. What's this? You need. So it's a cycle. Everything a cycle. happens. Even yeah. I have someone who has, it's always like a cycle. It always happens. In fact, what you get a thing is nothing. Mm. Uh, 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. Bitcoin going from the guys were still doing business in mm. Bitcoin, but Bitcoin moved, let's say, to six hundred dollars. Mm. Right? It was, I think it was four hundred dollars. Mm. Went back to three dollars. Yeah. What's that? 
you that's when you feel. You know, let me tell you, I, I, that, I, I, I was like, that's when I was like, I need to buy bitcoins. But yeah. one thing led to another because I'm like, it's about to pick up. Mm. Like right now, when mm-hmm. I'm seeing it at 3,000, yeah. in my head, You're I'm like, like, I, I want to get into this see. space. Because yeah. if, if, if you, if you want to know whether something has crashed, huh? The way he's saying, look at the activity around it. Yeah. The technology is being built, the way people yeah. are doing. Look at the imitators. Yeah. You get governments are saying we're now starting our own cryptocurrency. Mm. Gonna, when you see the activities around it, just know it's, it's about, about to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Those activities around it actually push so many yeah. things. Yeah, those are the activities. factors now. That the factors which now. actually... Mm. So you're saying next year mm. the price might go up or sometime in the future definitely know. the price might go no, up. No, in the future definitely. Yeah. Not last like not last next week or yeah. next year. That in the future, future. Yeah. Yeah. in some very long term investment. It's something long term in cryptocurrencies and long term like you know long term normally 20 years mm. cryptocurrency long term 3 years 4 years. Yeah. That's yeah. long term in cryptocurrency world. Okay. Mm. So, so you've so convinced the dog world. I convinced you. Right? <laughs> yeah. no, no, now you're no longer a skeptic. No, it's just that, you know, when you go online, mm. your mind goes... No, 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 no. Online, but you know, mm. um, I think the biggest problem is the fact that the people who... The, most of the skeptics are the people, are the gamblers. Let's the say gamblers. the gamblers. Because okay. when the I'm value... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the value is at $20,000... No shade. That's when guys were like, hey, have you seen this Bitcoin thing? Mm. Now guys are listening. They're like, oh, yeah, there's this thing called Bitcoin. Yeah. Guys bought. Yeah. Right now, the value is at 3000 Bro, you've lost like $1.7 million. So if you're getting into Bitcoin, you need like to be in a long-term investment Long-term plan mood plus also the right information. Yeah, yeah. facts. Have what your facts happens? in order. Bitcoin, is, is the value is derived from the transactions happening, Yes. That time, Bitcoin was now on an upward trend. I think guys are just seeing on the news, China, Bitcoin, or yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah. Or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So now, transactions are definitely increasing because of the hype. I mean, because even in Kenya, even in my school, there was so much hype around Bitcoin. Yeah. I don't even know. Bitcoin, I want to buy Bitcoin. I'm hearing it everywhere in school. Mm-hmm. I hear it also around here. Guys are just buying, buying, trading because yeah. they want to hold because they've seen guys have made money from it. You know, those guys, young, very young people who've made so much money. So they're yeah. just buying, buying. That's increasing transactions. So now they buy they get satisfied. So what happens? Transactions are stopped. Yeah. So now, oh, yeah. it keeps on just going down, going down, going down. So now, where the value is now is now the innovators, the guys who are actually yeah. working around cryptocurrency. And yeah. They're going to make money. And also, I'm going to use a story mm-hmm. from, um, what's, what's this guy, Rockefeller. Mm. So what he did, uh, he saw the rush for oil. Uh, mm-hmm. And everybody was digging wells and then they go boom and bust and boom and bust and so they'll be digging wells and what he did, what he did is like, I'm not going to go and look for oil. No. I'm going to buy the oil and market my own brand of oil. So in cryptocurrency, making money from a volatile market that you cannot predict, it's not wise. Mining, that's wisdom. Because when you mine, you're, you're mining, you're making your money. You're, you're getting your crypto, you're, you're getting your bitcoins. You're getting your bitcoins. It, it is almost negligible, the fluctuations. Yeah. It's negligible. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know the price of bitcoin. Yeah, you, you don't need to follow the price. I only need yes. to know when someone asks me, what happened to bitcoin? Oh, something yes. has happened. Then I go check. That's oh, the thing. Okay. Because there, you're actually so... It's just, it's just to see where you can, uh, how should I put it, where you can 
things are within your control. The fluctuations of prices are not within your control. They have so many factors that are determined. Yeah. So if you're entering and you say you have a large amount of money, to enter into it by saying I'll, I'll play the market and just like buy a lot and then see uh, the price going up, yeah, that's just yeah, yeah. getting yourself ourselves at a young age. Yeah. But if you like invest in mining, then that's, that's negligible. Yeah. So, just to conclude about um, the dealership and you know you were speaking about really being in your team so if someone would like to get involved in bitcoin mining where can they find jerry where can they find whitney um yeah uh, how do they reach out to you we'll obviously leave the links yes, in the, in, yeah, yeah in we'll the just, description we'll but, leave you our links in the description yeah. but uh, you can find us in our offices yeah uh, towers third floor southern wing it's, uh, our brand is called CRA Global, that's our offices. So if uh, you would like to contact us, there's a registration book there, you just uh, say maybe who invited you or who you heard about cryptocurrency from, sure. and uh, you'll, they'll contact us, and then you just find us and we'll talk to you and give you the information you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. But I have forgotten. <laughs> 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 is it to do with, um, let me pause. Yeah. Okay, go. Go ahead. So, yeah. what I'd advise young people is basically get your knowledge, get your facts, get people who understand what crypto is, what crypto investing is, then make your, your sound decision or make your investment. Don't do things based on speculation. Don't, because it won't work out for you. Because the people, the biggest critics of crypto right now, like I said, are the gamblers. Because mm-hmm. they want to go in low, come out high. Go in low, of but course. you can't keep up when there's a lot of volatility in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're faint at heart like me, don't join. Or don't buy. Don't buy. Yeah, invest. Invest. Yes, like he said, long term. Oh, yeah. It's true, it's true. In fact, mining, you don't really need to... I invested in mining, forgot one yeah, year. I didn't even look at my accounts. I forgot about it. I checked out. I was like, what? Well, all right. Mm-hmm. I can do that again just and continue. Yeah. So it's something long-term. Uh, I also wanted to say something about... I know, even like me, after that. <laughs> so we can have a part two. Yeah. yeah you guys, you're always welcome. Yeah. 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 Thank, thank you, you thank for you having so us. For, yeah, for coming. Um, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Whitney. Yeah, and um, we are more than willing to keep teaching people. Yeah, so, yeah, teaching. So much yeah, the, we are more than willing mm-hmm. to teach people, you especially emails. young people. Yeah, like you know, we can teach you. Go teach your parents. They teach their friends. At the end of we that all grow. That reminded me what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. That reminded me uh, again for young people. I've seen there's a tendency of. I've met so many type of so many people. Eh? So. There are some who actually know the investment world and how it works. You know, it, things don't just happen like this, like yeah. this, even in business. Yeah. Or if someone to even break even can take 10 years yeah. in people in business. So guys need to have the mentality in the long term on how you can... In fact, even for cryptocurrency, it's not that 10 years. It's much shorter. Mm-hmm. But still, young people are used to, you know... Uh, Quick money. Apple, I put money, how much will I be making until next week? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that mentality. Yeah, I need to go that's for not, I need, yeah. <laughs> That's not for investing yeah. in uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah. Maybe you need a very different mentality. Yes. A very yes. different very mentality. Different. Yeah. Mm. Again, I also recommend you guys to people to also come get the right knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
One thing we didn't mention in the podcast is the scams. Oh uh, my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. Of course, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. There the are many, 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 many scams yeah. in the world, in town, and everything. There's a video I would like her to post on the as a link. Mm-hmm. There's this scam called OneCoin. Mm-hmm. It was there when I was starting also Bitcoin. Most of the guys who started that time had about OneCoin. Uh, so now OneCoin was something which was heavily marketed. Those guys looked very rich, wearing expensive watches, doing everything, like for suits, so they came to Africa, talked to guys about it, had a, a whole concert, not a conference, a concert, even one the concert, this business, a concert, musicians, so many people just there talking about OneCoin, how it can change your life, they even took some guys to yeah, from Africa to go to Hong Kong just to attend it. So now they make it look like such a viable business because you now they, I think it was a few months down the line, gone. Those guys took the money, went, and then uh, I think what happened? You know, guys can do some funny, funny things. Someone can go use the money, hire a brave a doctor, yeah. do plastic surgery, and go mm-hmm. and forget about it and go continue using the money like that, mm-hmm. which they made. So it's very and easy to fall for scams. It actually happens. So it's change very identity. It changes everything. So things can happen. So there are many scams. There are many scam coins out here. Uh, they, they might be legit coins, mm-hmm. but also the way they work, it can't. Like for example, there's BitConnect. <laughs> that was a very legit company. I I would actually vouch for that company. I was like, this thing is going to BitConnect. Uh, even they had their coin, which was I think number 13 on WorldCoin Index, which is wow. a very high number. Yeah. Many of these companies okay, but there's one problem which they did is uh, putting guaranteed returns on investments oh. for people. You cannot do that in cryptocurrency. Yeah. So now Bitcoin is at 20,000. Someone invests, wants 30, he wants his 10% from that. And Bitcoin now is at 3,500. How will you fulfill that uh, 10%? So now yeah. the company at some point collapsed. Yeah. You see, so you need to have know your way around cryptocurrency and we offer that education. So just we are all welcome to the cryptocurrency center. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm sure even BitClub Network has a lot of online Maybe someone is talking badly about BitClub so, Network. So, so. In fact, so. there's one thing I like seeing. Uh, BitClub Network has so many bad reviews, yeah? Yeah. We are still here. These other companies which had no bad reviews. Exactly. Where, where that's really the that's funny thing. Have you realized? Have you realized? These other companies have good no bad reviews. reviews. They very have good, perfect, very good, very amazing good. company. Mm. Everyone is talking so well about logo. it. Oh, God. God. So now, it was also, we also... So a while ago, it was it was also found that I, the the owner of some other scam over there, mm-hmm. I won't mention the name, mm-hmm. was one of the writers of a bad article about BitClub Network. So that in turn actually very or even bad management, also bad management yeah. can actually cause someone to get angry about BitClub mm-hmm. Network. So maybe someone not telling the truth, or so, so many factors can contribute to those articles. Maybe just emotions which guys write, but those things are there. But so many things are there about so but many things. In life, you can't have. You can't not have a critic. Mm. Just yeah, someone who has a different Mpesa. expectation. Mpesa, when Mpesa started, yeah. there were so many critics. You know, my dad was telling me, mm. I waited for Mpesa to work. So, and Tiani, <laughs> I waited. He told me I waited. Even WhatsApp, he told me, ah, I waited. Tiani, he waited so long, and till now he started using WhatsApp. So there are people who are like that. Mm. But, but one thing you've said, which um, I would uh, really, uh, it's really amazing the way you put it. Mm. In today's world, it's not just uh, it's not just a bad critique online. Anyone can say anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. But the thing is, mm-hmm. if you look at the nature of people who are fishy, they like to hide. 
Yeah. Yes, no one yes. puts themselves out there if yes. their yes. intention yes. is to do harm because yes, they yes, want yes. it's called an escape route. Yeah. You get no one goes to rob a bank with their face and their exactly, ID. Exactly, they want exactly. an escape route. Mm. So the fact that you're here and you're putting yourself out there, mm. it, it lends credence to not only your intent, mm-hmm. also the fact that you last at the time lends credence to what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It must mean something for you guys to still be here, mm-hmm. regardless oh, yeah. of all the... Critics. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Then, yeah. That's, that's the one thing to, 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 to distinguish yourself from the critics. Yeah. Continue being there. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of it, you mm-hmm. do your thing, put yourself we'll out still, there. We'll still do our thing. Actually, can I say something? Yeah. Let me tell you. There's this friend of mine I was meeting. I was like, let me find him now. I want to hear about Bitcoin and yeah. tell me. So I'm like, you've waited a whole year. So you can want to know because I did. Been... <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, okay, you okay. did. I did not see that coming. <laughs> you did so. But you know what his answer was. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for you to fail. I was waiting for Bitcoin to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for. I was like, what? Yeah. So you're waiting for me to yeah, need to fail so that you know. Yeah. You know. Yes. So no, I have to share that with yeah. you. Yeah. Also like what you said. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also, also that person, I like people like that. It's not it's not bad because yeah. in this world everybody has a get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. Now you guys yeah. don't have a get rich quick scheme, you're actually very pragmatic. Yeah, your advice is look for the long term, there's no quick way of doing it. Uh-huh find out information, get informed. Mm-hmm. But because of the hula baloo of Bitcoin, everybody's talking about the brouhaha Bitcoin, it sounds like a get-rich-quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody waiting it out, that's a very good thing. Because for them to come and tell you now, I want that means that person was actually mm-hmm. looking and saying, you know what, let's see, I want to get into this, but let's see. Yeah. And if you have somebody like that, that's also a, a testament to. So I can say I'm that true. person. So Leo and Melissa will <laughs> buy some Bitcoin from the network, and then I'll join after like. In fact, in fact, one thing I like what you said about the guys who wait. Mm. I was telling them again. I met them last week yeah. about uh, a good example. Mm. My friend told me about mm. Warren Buffett. Yes, I told you about. I have another example. Warren Buffett. Despite Jack Ma, Bill Gates, other guys being very positive on cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. Warren Buffett is like, no, 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 I'm mm-hmm. not going to. No, yeah, no, yeah. Nothing, right? I've been seeing a lot of. You see, yeah. yeah. so Warren yeah. Buffett is like, no, 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 no. it's alright. Eh? Guys have their own time they'll yes. learn about because yeah. many girls was kept like even her. It took her one year for her to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, that's she she like, <laughs> so now guys always look for the negative, despite. This guy's talking well about it. This yeah. one guy yeah. doesn't talk well about it. So like, it's okay. Warren you listen Buffett to them. Warren Buffett has said no. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so now Warren Buffett, when one Bitcoin mm-hmm. goes to even $1 million, mm-hmm. for one, if that happens, $1 million for one, mm-hmm. Warren Buffett can now finally see that, mm-hmm. oh, $1 million, he buys 1,000 of them. You, you are listening to him. How many will you get? <laughs> <laughs> How many? How many? Yeah. Even That's such a good point. Even your 1 million shillings. Can't even get 0.1 or 0.00. So you're doomed. So you're doomed. <laughs> him is okay. Him is okay. He can buy 1,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the freedom. He has the freedom. But money, 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 money. Yeah, so you know, for me, from my perspective, I can mm. say that maybe me not get jump, just jumping onto mm-hmm. it, I have I usually have mm-hmm. to do my research. Yes. So even you guys just coming here and talking about it, mm-hmm. maybe I'll even go and do more research mm-hmm. than maybe 
maybe or you know <laughs> yeah. if if i see like all the facts may mm-hmm. not even 100% of the facts check out but mm-hmm. you know maybe if i'm motivated to do this i'll definitely join mm-hmm. but considering the information that you've given us today i i think that mm-hmm. you're so and i'm, I'm more convinced personally for me i'm starting to realize that should the price of bitcoin go up yeah. in the future yeah. i only have myself to, to blame exactly yes. exactly no i can't say i wasn't told i wasn't yeah. told yeah, yeah. yeah. but you need about. but you need the information yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. so thank but you guys at least for right coming, now yeah. um someone can't approach you and say you can get um give me a month an x amount of money i'll give you a thousand exactly, exactly. and you have exactly. that exactly. but they are only 21 million how are you going to give me a thousand daily exactly Just but right now if yeah. someone else hears that like yeah you don't attack at a thousand every day then they get scammed then that's, exactly. that's what that's what's making a now bitcoin growing at least quite slowly in yeah. kenya you see because of so many scams there yeah. bitcoin we yeah, met we met we met a, yeah. another friend uh, my friends a, a driver he met he met an uber driver he invested he moved 700,000 shillings from his savings invested for his whole family mm-hmm. in bitcoin to so ask him in fact it's something very small which can distinguish mm-hmm. can actually distinguish your company from like there's a pool called btc.com mm-hmm. it's on it's on the blockchain website one of the major mining pools there the guy was told this is btc.co he refused the m wasn't there mm-hmm. so he was told to invest in this so that that small difference mm-hmm. It was in the same bitsy.com, it's bitsy.co. So that one you can actually think, oh, it's in blockchain. Let me put my money yeah. in. So you see, wow. BitClub Network also had so many companies taking the name BitClub from it. So, so just to verify, what is your website? <laughs> <laughs> www.bitclubnetwork.com. .com. We'll okay. put the link over there yeah, as well. Yeah. So now there's so many companies. Let me not mention them, you know. Mm. might look for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I was about so, to start naming them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many. <laughs> using bitclub 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 you know making excuses like you know the the our the our mother company yeah. so now we are, we are we are branching off here this this side is called advanced you know so you know so many I think also, also the, the, the reason yeah, for, for the printers yeah and the press right? yeah. so exactly. people interface with something yeah. that you know and the thing is we 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 tend as human beings in things that we are not proficient in right. not to have an eye for detail yeah okay. so if for example you are an artist you'll be able to see ah because hey, one brush hey. but in, if you know you are not so in something like like uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain people are very ignorant of yeah. so it's very easy for a little deviation you know to fool them, you know yeah little like my yeah. in fact you know, even i would have fallen for that btc.co yeah. just an m missing even like yeah because oh, you you're like yeah. oh yeah do it quickly you know yeah. 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 okay yeah. 700 so yeah. people need to be keen and then you need to be very keen and that's why you always say in the cryptocurrency center in Westland, no one i've never seen anyone yeah. this year you go there and you leave and you just get scammed or confused i'm not saying because yeah. whenever we talk during our presentations mm-hmm. we give you the overall what is bitcoin yeah. what motivated bitcoin to be created mm-hmm. the different avenues of investing why how, how to do this how to differentiate between mining and the camp we show you facts over there yeah. so the good thing is you need to know your facts yeah. so once you live there you can't be scammed yeah. it's either it's either you get involved with bitcoin or not you would go somewhere else and look yeah. for because yeah. i've been to so many of these places like what? they start talking about or oh, this will be the next bitcoin or even better mm. this coin will be up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that side the supply I, I is like 100 billion yeah. 100 billion coins the demand on coin market cap is the transaction is a uh, $100 how do you transact that's one person just transacting $100 between themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
some factors also will help you determine which cryptocurrency you but when it comes to investing in bitcoin I'd recommend mining like me I don't even have to buy bitcoins anymore like me I know my bitcoin is secure I'll mm. mine it now yes. my other my other extra cash I can buy now the other currencies yeah. yes. but my bitcoin is sorted I'm going to mine for so long yeah. and maybe to close mining why we say mining is uh, I didn't I, I didn't finish this okay, when it, we talked about mining I'd say mining would be the best way because first of all someone on Facebook one of the founders of our company Joby Weeks he talked about uh mining the importance. First of all, mining is very fine of transactions. So imagine now with the future when Bitcoin transactions become heavier mm-hmm. than cryptocurrency, what miners would get. Mm-hmm. Again, miners, apart from verifying the transactions and getting the block reward, which is 12.5 Bitcoins, mm-hmm. you also get the transaction fees happening throughout the Bitcoin network. Yeah. The verifying of the transactions. So now when most people begin using Bitcoin, how much transaction fees is that? That's a lot of money going to yeah. the miners. Third thing, Bitcoin miners also verify all transactions on the blockchain, which means all these things happening on blockchain will be the ones overriding the system. Yeah. So which means basically the rewards will be going to us. That's, that's why we say mining is a long-term mentality but the rewards will pay off yes. greatly yeah. in the future. In the future. Yeah. So you're sitting down in five years' time, you're 25. So, so like, Jerry, I want to buy a Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. You know. <laughs> no, but you see, if you, because of how he, he now thinks, because of that 10,000 purchase, he'll be like, I want to buy a Lambo, but my goodness, in three years. <laughs> <laughs> There's this guy on YouTube. There's this guy on YouTube. Yeah. He bought Bitcoins worth $100. That now he used to, he used to buy a Lamborghini, yeah. But then his wife, no, but then he had to get in himself. Yeah. He was like, should I really buy this Lamborghini? Yeah. Because he, later in the week, it'll be like a billion dollar Lamborghini yeah. in the future. But he actually said, let me just buy it, you know. That, that's the time Bitcoin was worth, I think, $200. He bought a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. So imagine now if he held that yeah. Lamborghini money until yeah. now. At $3,500. So don't money. spend, invest. Yes. Yeah, like people need financial education. Yeah. That's the most important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. Okay, Bit Club Network members, thank you so much. You've been informed, and I think that with more information, that you guys maybe you guys can tell us and again where we can find the offices. Uh, we leave our link, maybe even our uh, maybe our email addresses or something. Yeah, yeah. of course. Leave our emails in the link below. Then uh, you can find us in the cryptocurrency center. It's in Kendrill Towers, yeah. the Southern Wing, third yeah. floor. Yeah, uh, our offices are there. They're called CRA Global. So you just go there, ask for Whitney or Jerry. They know us very well. Kenrin okay. uh, is go. behind Sarit's center. Mm. Opposite Nine West. Yeah. I think uh, you need something to do. Next to Alchemist for you, Millennial. <laughs> you know, Alchemist. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 